as you have heard, as I've already told you, as portions of our worship service have attested to, today is the second week of Advent, which has been designated as the Sunday of Peace, which is a really nice thought. I'm guessing we could all use a little more peace in our lives these days, especially at this time of year, right, where it just seems that there are so many things to do, parties to attend, shopping to do, gifts to wrap, cookies to bake. Wouldn't it be nice to have just a little more peace? We're going to be focusing our attention this morning on Luke chapter 3, because this passage actually does a really good job of helping us to connect with an even deeper sense of peace. I'm not talking about the peace you might feel when you finally crawl into bed after a long day. I'm talking about the deep peace that God has to offer us, what the biblical writers call shalom, the peace of knowing that God is in control, the peace of knowing that there are more important things out there than power and money and having the perfect holiday, the peace of knowing that God is truly with you even in your most difficult moments. Let's explore a piece like this today. I've titled this sermon, God in the Wilderness. Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Send your living word to walk amongst us now, to challenge our assumptions, to set our hearts ablaze, and to make us whole again. Amen. I would like to begin by having us open our Bibles to Luke chapter 3, that gospel passage we just heard. And as you're turning there, I know that at first glance, this doesn't seem like it's a passage about peace, necessarily. But that's because a lot of the significance is baked into Luke's words that we often miss when we just read it. Let's read that first portion of the gospel passage again. I'm going to read it to you out loud, and then I'm going to point out to you something very unique that the gospel writer Luke is doing here. So open those Bibles, Luke chapter 3, starting at verse 1. I'm just going to read that first verse to you again. In the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip was the ruler of the region of Iteria and Trachonitis, and Lysenius was ruler of Abilene during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas. Okay, okay. So, so Luke is giving us all sorts of historical information here, right? At the beginning of Luke's gospel in chapter 1, he says very clearly that he wants to give an orderly account of the events concerning Jesus of Nazareth. And clearly that's what he's doing right here with this long list of emperors and governors and high priests and rulers. Luke does this so that the reader can understand the exact timing of the events that are taking place. When was this? Oh, yeah, it was during the 15th year of Emperor Tiberius. You know, when Pilate was governor and Herod and Philip were rulers and Caiaphas was a priest. So, yeah, see, Luke is name dropping here in order to help the reader know when it was that everything happened. But... Luke is also name-dropping here for another purpose. By listing off all these names of emperors and rulers and governors in the region at that time, Luke is forcing the reader to think about these important people who hold power. Most of this effect is lost on us today. We hear all this list of random names, 
and it's just people who are long gone. It seems like a distraction from the rest of the passage. We hear this long list of names, and you start to wonder, is Pastor even saying those names right? I want you to know I looked it up very carefully and wrote the pronunciation down so I could get it right. (laughs) Again, it seems like a distraction from the rest of the passage. Oh, just get to the point. Stop with this long list of names. But I want to make sure that we see today just how crazy this opening is to Luke chapter 3. Luke is listing the names of six big, important people in that time period. And then... He just tacks on verse 2 to the end. He concludes his list of names by saying this. The word of God came to John, who was in the wilderness. So just to make sure we understand the gravity of how Luke is writing all of this, I want to give you an updated version, if you will. Okay, I've updated this for 2018. If Jesus was coming back today and Luke was writing his gospel about these events today, it might sound something like this. During the second year of billionaire Donald Trump's presidency, when Tom Wolfe was governor of Pennsylvania and Jim Kenney was mayor of Philadelphia, and while Bob Casey and Pat Toomey were the state senators, and while Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and Jimmy Butler were on the Sixers, and Carson Wentz was quarterback for the Eagles, and Gritty became a new mascot for the Flyers, the word of the Lord came to a preacher's kid named John who lived in Kensington. Do you see... How startling that last line is. I'm listing off politicians and sports stars and celebrities and gritty. And then all of a sudden, we get this line about a preacher's kid in Kensington. It doesn't seem to fit. It's jarring. It's out of place. And that's exactly the point Luke is trying to make. You see, we have a problem, church. We know that God is all-powerful and beyond our imagination. And so that causes us to assume that this means that God will be with all the big, powerful people in big, powerful places. We treat celebrities like gods. We treat politicians like deities. We treat sports stars like idols. We've gotten it all confused. Just because these people have power and influence and abilities beyond ours, that does not mean they are to be worshipped. Not only that, but this passage from Luke also makes it very clear that We shouldn't be looking to the powerful people of our day for guidance in our life. Notice that Luke goes through this long list of celebrities, and then he ends it all by saying, the word of God came to John in the wilderness. Luke's point couldn't be clearer. The word of God did not come from those powerful, important people in the world. It did not come from their political decrees. The word of God chose to show up in the wilderness. With a guy named John. Now, sure, we can get some helpful cooking tips from Good Morning America, right? You can get some good advice from Michelle Obama's new book. You can learn how to organize your calendar properly by watching The View. But we have to stop looking to celebrities for insight on spiritual matters. The word of the Lord is not going to come from the rich and powerful and famous people. The word of God came to John the Baptist in the wilderness. It didn't show up in the palaces of Tiberius or the chambers of Pilate. The word of God came to ordinary old John in the wilderness because that's the way God works. And now I want to just take a minute to help us think about this term wilderness. 
Because I'm sure that when we hear it, we think of a place that is desolate and desperate. And that's true. That's true. The wilderness was a tough place. You didn't want to be stuck out there. But the other truth is that in the Bible, the wilderness happens to be a very special, very holy location. It's the place where some of God's most miraculous events took place. Let me break it down for you. Moses was herding sheep in the wilderness when he came across a burning bush and he received his mission for his life. The Israelites wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, but during that time, God helped them rediscover their identity as God's chosen people so that they could enter the promised land. Jesus went to the wilderness in order to prepare for his ministry, and then he would go back to the wilderness again and again and again to reconnect with God and to recenter himself on his mission. And then we read today that as all these all-powerful people were out and about spreading corruption, the word of the Lord came to a priest's kid named John in the wilderness. The scriptures make it very clear, church, God shows up in the wilderness. And now that is good news. That's a hopeful message. That's a powerful promise for us. That means that God's going to show up in your wilderness too. If you're going through something right now, our faith says that God's going to use this moment to prepare you for what comes next. If you feel like you're wandering in your life right now, our faith says that God will use this wilderness moment to prepare you for your true purpose. If you're feeling lost or forgotten at the moment, our faith says that God hasn't forgotten you. It's not easy to find yourself in a wilderness moment, but keep the faith. God will show up in the wilderness. Not only that, but God will use the wilderness to refine and prepare and equip you for whatever comes next. Because that's what God has been doing since the very beginning. In fact, I think the wilderness is so important to our life of faith. The wilderness is such a holy place that I believe sometimes we should willingly choose to go there. In our world of 24-hour news cycles, social media applications that allow you to scroll forever, celebrities that pop up on billboards and on TV, in our world where it seems like we are constantly being fed a message that these powerful people are gods that we should worship, we simply have to head to the wilderness once in a while to escape it all. We've got to unplug from this sinful message about who or what is important. We have to head to the wilderness because if we don't, we won't be able to hear the word of the Lord over all this other noise. In a way, when we gather on Sunday morning, it's kind of like a trip into the wilderness. I, I know that makes it sound like Sunday morning is a bad thing. That's not my point. Remember, the wilderness is where God shows up. The wilderness is a place where God provides and where God prepares us to once again face the powers and noise of this world. The wilderness is a place where you can finally be still and calm and present enough to hear the word of the Lord. We need the wilderness, church. We need to go to those places where we can hear clearly what God has to say. Powerful people, Celebrities, sports stars, and politicians, they're constantly trying to tell us who we are and what should matter in our life. But more often than not, 
What these powerful people tell us is completely different than from what God has to say to us. Head to the wilderness, Reformation. During these hectic weeks leading up to Christmas, when to-do lists and shopping trips and advertisements flood our lives, take time to come to church or to read your Bible or to say a prayer. Take some time to hear what God has to say to you. Because God wants you to know that you're loved beyond measure. You have worth. You have value. God has a purpose for your life. God wants you to know that money and power and fame are not the path to a meaningful existence. God wants you to know that the wilderness that you might be facing right now won't last forever. In fact, the wilderness will be the place where God shows up. I want to close by reminding us of the exact words that God gave to John in the wilderness all those years ago. You see, the specific message that John received and then shared with others was quite simple. It was simply this. Repent and be baptized. That was the word that came to John in the wilderness. That's it. Repent from your sinful ways and be baptized. Be born into a new life with God. And so that's what I invite us to do as well. This word repent, it literally means turn around. And so this week, that's my challenge to you. Turn yourself away from just one of these many distractions that we've named here this morning. Instead of watching that next episode on Netflix, instead of scrolling through Facebook for another 40 minutes, instead of watching one more talking head on CNN, instead of giving in to all these distractions, just turn yourself to God for a moment. Just try it for me once. Instead of spending 30 minutes on a distraction, take one time this week to spend 30 minutes with God. Whether that's in prayer or reading scriptures or devotional, Just take a 30-minute trip to the wilderness, Reformation. See what God has to say to you there. You see, the sports stars, they're going to retire. The politicians will be voted out of office. The celebrities will fade from memory. As the scriptures say, the grass will wither and the flowers will fall, but the word of the Lord will stand forever. And the word of the Lord is for you. Turn from the distractions and hear the word of the Lord again. Hear the promises that God wants to share with you. Amen.